morning. Bishop's in the house. And uh, I, I got called yesterday uh, by the legend L.D. Campbell, and uh, he said, uh, man, I've got the flu. And so uh, you all pray for L.D., and I'll be remembering him because uh, he is uh, he is struggling. It didn't sound very good. I got him on Facebook Live here this morning. So, uh, L.D., uh, it was the eighth inning. You gave the relief sign, and the relief pitcher's in. So, just saying. Uh, but it's wonderful to be with you today, always, uh, to be at my home church and be able to speak uh, here at Burlington Baptist Church. Uh, I want to share a post Easter message with you, um, and it's called Choose to Follow, Decision 2019, because you know what? We're now getting into the political season, right? Oh yes, I hear the groans even now. But today I want to talk to you about the invitation that Jesus gives to an extraordinary way of living, and at the end of the service today, uh, you'll have an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. And you may be following him for the first time. You may be following him for real in your life, or maybe you're following him again. I don't know where you are along your journey, uh, but I'm expecting that uh, there will be many who will respond today uh, to his call. And my question is, are you a fan or a follower? So I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just pray that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my rock, my salvation, God, you are my redeemer. You are our redeemer, and we praise you. And God, I just ask that you use me to speak your words today into the hearts of your people. And God, may you stir and draw them toward making the commitments they need to make, their next steps of faith, their first steps of faith today. We give you thanks. For it is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Now, Jesus does invite us to follow him in a very, very extraordinary way. And I had Decision 2019. Now, this is, this is new for me, so I will be honest with you. I'm trying this material out, and if it's any good, I might develop it into a series and preach it somewhere else, okay? So you can give me your feedback and help me out here, uh, because when I say Decision 2019 and I talk about political race, I want to see how many of you would raise your hands because you're uncomfortable thinking about politics, and you're, you don't want to hear more about politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The campaign ads, they've already started. 2019, 2020, all the games, all of the, uh, this election season. There's always a choice to make. There's always a choice to make. And some have already chosen a, a candidate and ready to vote today. And then there are others who are scratching their heads, wondering what in the world is going to shake out from all of this mess. And who are these people? Uh but, but no matter what you decide, uh, another decision that I think that is far more vital and far more important uh, than who the next elected official will be is what this message is about today, 
and it's a personal decision for each and every one of us. And the question uh, is this, will you choose Jesus? Now, you may be asking yourself, what do you mean? What do you mean by choosing Jesus? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, Luke chapter 9. And if you have your smartphones, your tablets, you can turn over there. Uh, uh, if you don't have the, uh, the U version, YOU version app on your smartphone or uh, your tablet, I encourage you to download it. It's a free app. It's one of the best Bible apps there is, and it provides some great opportunities for you to, to read uh, God's Word and have prompts throughout the week uh, to remind you as well. So turn over to Luke chapter 9. I want to give some context to, to this passage, because uh, up to this point in the story, Jesus uh, is running what one might call a great campaign, uh, and we see him doing some amazing things. Look with me. Uh, at verses 1 and 2. When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm still trying to fight one off as well. Uh, first, he sends out his campaign staff, a.k.a. the disciples. And they go from village to village, and they are super successful early on in spreading this message. Now, going a little further down uh, to verse 11 here in chapter 9, where it says that he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So he heals people of their sicknesses and their diseases. Now, that's the kind of health care plan I can get behind, right? How about you? And look at verses 16 and 17. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. He feeds 5,000 people. I mean, who doesn't like a free lunch? I mean, really. And I'm up for one today, so if anyone's offering... Just saying, Jesus is amazing. I mean, who wouldn't want to vote for a guy like this? I mean, you can close your eyes and, and just see all the, the crowded campaign rallies, the, the selfie sticks everywhere, you know. Uh, but then we come to verse 23. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Now, I'm not a political consultant, but if I were, I would think that this might be a pretty bad campaign slogan. So, Jesus, you're saying that I have to deny myself to follow you. Isn't a candidate supposed to talk about all of the things that they'll do for you, for me? You know, I want to know about all the bennies. I want to know what the benefits are for me. But unlike candidates today, Jesus doesn't look for the middle ground. He doesn't just say what people want to hear. Instead, he brings truth. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, 
and follow me. Now the question that (laughs) we have to ask is, why in the world would he say that? Why would he say that? What's he trying to accomplish? Well, surely Jesus is not trying to just attract crowds, crowds of adoring fans. He's looking for followers. He's looking for followers. And there is a huge difference between a fan and a follower. Now let's start with being a fan. Because I'm a big fan, and I know probably you are of various things. Uh, These are just some... Uh, this this is me with uh, some of the Oakland Raiders fans. They are the craziest people I know, right next to these people, my people, in in Lambeau Field in the frozen tundra. And uh, that's an obligatory picture of Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, in in uh, in in uh, uh, Kentucky, you know, we have our fans, Ashley Judd for our Kentucky Wildcats, and. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence for, uh, now go back to that other slide. Now hold on, just, just way back, Jamie. Uh, wait, because I want to get to Jimmy Ransdell. He, he did that last slide. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Jennifer Lawrence with the Louisville Cardinals. And, and uh, uh, yeah, well, you see what happens with the Cardinal and the Wildcat. But anyway, all right, that, I just... I didn't want to fly. Then, then we've got our Bengals, and then, you know, you go on uh, here in this Cincinnati area, FC Cincinnati. How huge, how huge soccer is and become great fans. And nobody does opening day like the Cincinnati Reds. They really, really don't. We're fans of all kinds of different things, aren't we? But only a fan will get you so far because a fan... A fan cheers from the stands, but fans don't actually sacrifice anything on the field. A fan knows all about the players, but doesn't really know the players personally or intimately, even though we might think we do. A fan applauds when the team's winning, but man, you go into a losing streak and things start going sideways, and what do you hear? Those are people jumping off the bandwagon. All right? Thump, 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 thump. So when it comes to Jesus, what does it look like to be a follower instead of a fan? Look look at verse 23 again. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Now being a follower means turning from your selfish ways. Or as another version of translation reads, you need to deny yourself. When I think about that, I have to think about it in real terms. So I think about denying myself dessert. Okay? I, I, I am denying myself donuts. I have only been seen one time in 2019 at Moonrise Donuts. Now, I may have snuck in the back door once, but, but besides that, I've only been seen once at Moonrise Donut because I am really, really, really trying not to eat a lot of donuts and so on. And I love Moonrise. But, man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say no to your desires, your flesh. Jesus is saying if we want to follow him, there's going to be times that we're going to say no to ourselves with things that we want because what 
we want is going to be at odds with what He wants for our lives. Following Jesus means that He comes first in our lives. And being a follower, he says, also means taking up your cross. Now, contrary to popular belief, this isn't about uh, enduring the hard things in life, just about that. Instead, cross-bearing is a, a voluntarily chosen path. And it means that we choose to carry the burdens that Jesus carries. Taking up your cross means that our main priorities cannot be comfort, convenience, and control. Say those with me. Comfort, convenience, and control. One more time. Comfort, convenience, or control. Instead, what Jesus is calling us to is a life of service, sacrifice, and surrender. Say that with me. Service, sacrifice, and surrender to God. Now, this doesn't mean that we're signing up for a life of horrible experiences, but it does mean that we're willing to shoulder the hard things that come our way for the sake of Jesus and his mission and his great commission. And Jesus is saying taking up our cross is something that we do daily. But being a follower of Jesus isn't just a decision we make, it's a journey we take. Hear me. Being a follower of Jesus isn't just a decision we make, it's a journey we take. The word follow used at the end of this verse refers to an act of accompanying someone on a journey. And many of us, myself included, responded to Jesus' call to follow him one day. But then there are times when we get distracted by life. We make unwise choices along the way. And sometimes the things that we do and the ways that we act don't indicate that we are actively engaged in following him. We say, well, yes, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. But look, I'm really busy. And I will give you the fourth Sunday of the month, okay? You know, and maybe, maybe the second, okay? I will give you the second and the fourth Sunday of the month because, you know, and now Monday through Saturday, you know, there's work and there's family and there's all these other things. And, and, and then on those other Sundays, you know, well, you know, there's the lake, there's travel. Uh, we were a traveling sports team, a soccer team, baseball, dance, you know, and, and all these other things. And, 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 you know, I'd love to follow you. I'd love to be engaged with following you. But, you know, I'm really kind of busy with life otherwise. So, you know, you know what the average, and I may have said this before. Uh, I say it all the time, but I don't know if I've said it in your hearing. You know what statistics tell us today that uh, a regular, quote-unquote, regular church attendance is now in America? You are considered a regular attender if you attend twice a month, that's considered regular. I grew up where you went three times every week and probably more. Twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. And if the doors were open for anything else, then me and my family were there. 
It didn't matter whether it was a baseball game or Little League or whatever it was. But it was a different day. The principles of following Jesus are still the same. Jesus says, I want you to follow me. And we say, well, this, this whole idea about denying ourselves, that, that seems really kind of extreme, Jesus, because i got to be honest with you, not only am I busy and I've got a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, I need to take care of me. I, I, I need to take care of me. And I need to take care of, of my life and, and the things that I need. And, and that's, got to, that's got to be first. Jesus, I want to follow you, but I'm not necessarily interested in carrying burdens. That didn't sound like fun at all. You see, a fan watches comfortably from the stands, but a follower gets down on the field. They get bloody. They get muddy. <laughs> They're in the game. They're all in. And all of this begs the question we need to answer, are you a fan or a follower of Jesus? Let that sink in. Am I a fan or a follower of Jesus? You see, my concern is that we can easily get into a, a, a mindset uh, here, uh, in, into fooling ourselves to thinking that we're followers when we're really just fans. I mean... The truth is, it's easy to be a fan of Jesus. It is. I mean, we come together, we have this great gathering, you know, every week, and we come to, to cheer him on. We sit in our seats, we look at our programs, we clap when something good happens that we like, you know, and then, you know, we look at our watch to see much, how much time's left in the game, you know. We leave, we evaluate the service, you know, kind of give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We might even leave a tip. You never know. And then we don't really think about any of it again until we come back a week later or to the next big game whenever we make it. And if we're honest, some of us are really big fans. We love this stuff. We know all the team songs. We love the songs. We love to sing along. Being a fan feels good good. The reason I know this is because sometimes I'm a fan. Over the past couple of years, I have had the opportunity to visit some disaster relief sites. And some of you have gone with me on trips to southern Louisiana and, and, Houston, and the Houston area. And just seeing the devastation from flooding that's taken place in, in those areas. And along the way, I met a man on one of the trips, a man from Oklahoma. And his name was Harold. And you're going to see a picture of Harold come up here. Uh, Harold uh, was, uh, he didn't tell me exactly, but he was in his mid-70s. Uh, uh, I would say from the number of years he told me he'd been retired. And uh, he was serving on a disaster relief team feeding people. And uh, 
I said, Harold, how long have you and your team been here? He said, 11 days. They'd gotten there two days after the flood. I said, wow, what time did you start this morning? He said, 4 a.m. I looked at my watch, and it was 4.30 p.m. at that time. And he'd already been at it for 12 and a half hours. I said, how many meals did you feed today? How many people did you feed today? He said, 20,000. 20,000. And I looked at this man, and I couldn't even get my head around those figures. And I looked at Harold and said, Harold, why do you do this? Why do you do this? And he looked back at me. Tears started to develop in his eyes, and his lips started to tremble. And he said, how can I not? How can I not? For all that Jesus has done for me, how can I not? Friends, we tend to be a nation of fans, not followers. Harold, he was a follower. He was a follower of Jesus. Back to the scripture, Luke 9. Look down to verse 57. Jesus encounters three people who say that they want to be followers, but they are exposed as fans. Look what happens, verse 57. As they were walking along a road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay, on his, lay his head on. To lay his head. Thank you. So hold on. This guy enthusiastically says, Jesus, I'll follow you. And he says, I'm homeless. What, what, what does that even mean? Well, I think Jesus could see into this man's heart, and he knew what he really meant. We'll call this man fan number one. And he was basically saying, I'll follow if it's comfortable. But the life of a follower isn't a life of comfort. In Jesus' reply, he says, my followers are prepared to sacrifice. This is the deny yourself. This is the take up your cross stuff that Jesus talked about earlier. And if following Jesus costs me nothing, I need to stop and ask, am I really following Jesus? If I only follow when it's comfortable, I'm not a follower, I'm just a fan. Look at verse 59. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, what's going on here? Jesus won't let this guy attend his own father's funeral? I mean, that seems kind of cold, doesn't it? Right? But culturally, in those days, burying one's family was a duty for a son. When he says, let me go and bury my father, it doesn't necessarily mean that his father was dead. It could have been that he was just asking to put off following Jesus until his father did pass, and then he would be free from his obligation. And in essence, this man, fan number two, was saying, I'll follow when it's convenient. But Jesus replies, my followers realign 
their priorities. The things that break my heart breaks the hearts of my followers. For followers, everything comes secondary to the call to follow Jesus, to be on mission for Him and with Him and to further His great commission. And following Him sometimes interrupts our lives. It's inconvenient. Sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. But if I only follow when it's convenient, I'm not a follower. I'm a fan. Finally, fan number three. He said, I I will follow, verse 61. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for service in the kingdom of God. Of God. Okay, now this is also an, an interesting reply that Jesus gives here. What does he mean? Well, imagine a farmer plowing a field. Now he's not on an international harvester, a John Deere tractor. He's walking behind an ox, and that ox is pulling a plow that he is guiding as it slides through the dirt to create a furrow. Now, what happens to that furrow? If the farmer takes his eye off what's in front of him and starts looking back. I mean, you try to walk a straight line forward while you're looking back over your shoulder. How's that work? Well, you don't have to be a farmer to get this. Just try to walk in that straight line without, you know, while you're looking over your shoulder all the time. You're going to get off course. And Jesus is saying, you can't follow me and hold on to things that are over your shoulder in the past. You can't follow me and stay attached to old values, old habits, an old way of life. In effect, fan number three is saying, I'll follow as long as I can remain in control. Ooh, that's a little familiar. How many of us like to be in control? Yeah. All of us, if we're, all, if we're honest, we all like to be in control. Jesus replied, my followers are fully committed to me. Following Jesus requires total commitment. Jesus isn't just saying, I want first place in your life. He's saying, I don't want there to be a second place. Jesus doesn't want to be one of many. He wants to be your one and only. Let me say that again. Jesus doesn't want to be your one of many. He wants to be your one and only. If following Jesus depends on me remaining in, in control, I'm not a follower, I'm a fan. Being a follower means your priorities can no longer be, say them with me again, comfort, convenience, or control. Say it again, comfort, convenience, or control. But instead, it has to be service, sacrifice, and surrender. Jesus isn't looking for enthusiastic admirers. He is after, he's not after fans. 
He's looking for followers, people who will really follow after him. So, decision 2019, what will you decide? The challenge I want to give you this morning is to follow Jesus, to make a clear, conscious effort and step toward following Jesus today. Now, maybe for some of you, that will be following him for the first time because you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never said yes to his forgiveness. You've never said, yes, I need you, God. I need to be forgiven. I need help. My life is not working out, and I've been in control. This is not working out. I want to surrender my life to you and follow you and your way. Maybe you need to do that for the first time today. And listen. Don't wait till it's comfortable because it's never going to be. Don't wait till it's convenient. I want you to decide, and I want to encourage you to decide today, this morning. For others, it may be a day where you decide to follow Jesus for real. And and chances are, at times in your life or seasons, you find yourself kind of going through the motions. You kind of go through the motions, you know? Because you know all the songs and you know the right things to say and, and, and it's kind of easy to just kind of go with that flow and, and kind of go through the motions. And if you've been doing that, you know in your heart that you've been doing that, kind of going through the motions. You haven't been fully engaged. And you've convinced yourself that your preferences are more important than Christ's mission. You're more concerned about retaining or gaining control and retaining and gaining your own comfort and position. And today, I want to encourage you to declare an absolute surrender and submission to Christ and His mission to allow Him to use you to change lives wherever He has placed you. He wants to know today that you are all in. No more holding out, no more looking back. In a moment, I want to invite you to come forward and allow somebody to pray with you. I'm going to invite you to come and take part in the elements that are here to remind you of the sacrifice that Jesus has made on on your behalf. There's some here today who definitely need to make a decision to follow Jesus again. Because once upon a time, he had a hold of your heart but you've gotten distracted, you've gotten busy, and you haven't had time for Him, and you haven't been walking with Him. Today, Jesus says, come home. I haven't gone anywhere. Come home. Yeah, you may have gotten off the path I had for you, but come home. Make your next step the best step. And make it a step back toward engaged and following him. Why follow? Well, as a candidate for your life, Jesus can be a polarizing figure. He did say, if any of you wants to be my followers, you've got to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. 
There was an amazing missionary named Amy Carmichael who once said it this way. What Jesus is offering you and I is a chance to die. A chance to die to our self-centered, distracted, shallow, small-minded ways in order to live for something, for someone more amazing and a mission that is far greater than anything that we could ever imagine. Today's an important day, Decision 2019. If you've decided to follow Jesus for the first time, or you're ready to follow him for real, or you're ready to follow him again, I want you to, I want you to come as the praise team comes to lead us. And I want to ask them to come and, and, and get ready here. My prayer today is that you will make a decision, a decision to step out from where you're seated, for you to step out and use this time as a time of committing yourself again to following Jesus. As I said, these elements are here. Communion is here. If you want to come and you want to solidify that recommitment of your life by taking his body and blood and giving thanks to him and saying in your prayer just to him, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Then you come and you do that. There will be others who are here, pastors and others who will pray with you. I will be here and would love to pray with you. If you're making a first step toward Jesus, I'd love to pray with you today. Or if you're just simply answering, answering a response to come home, then come home today. Come home. Come home. And if you don't have a church home, this can be your church home. You step out. You come. And you say, I want to be a part of this church and this fellowship. You come. Make this your home. But whatever you do today, my friends, you've got to make a decision. Are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? The decision is yours. Stand with us.